want to go to there. Snipe! Hi, for those of you who just tuned in, everyone here is a crazy person. Are we having fun yet? <laughs> yes. Thirty Helens agree. Never mind. Maybe the dingo ate your baby. It's kind of flying, actually. Would you believe it? And you beautiful tropical fish. Don't mention the war. Clear eyes, put hearts, keep Hello and welcome to the Televerse, Sound On Sides TV podcast. This is Kate Kolzik and I'm joined as ever by Sean Kalitti. Sean, I would ask how it's going, but I know how it's going because we've already <laughs> recorded. We, we Listeners, gentle listeners, we were at just about the two hour mark of recording because of course this week we'll have our fall TV preview, which is lengthy, about two hours of recording and my computer just shut down and lost everything we had recorded. So... This is going to kind of be Televerse speed round edition because we already know what the other person thinks. And frankly, there's only so much time in the day and I need to get this podcast out. So, uh, Sean, I know how you're doing. I apologize for us having to redo this. I know it's not what either of us intended, but we'll have fun anyways. Yes. Yeah. And I also screwed up because I totally slept through my alarm and, and thus I also missed the basketball game between the United States and New Zealand. But they won. 98 yeah. to 71, so congratulations to Anthony Davis, Kenneth Reed, and those guys. See, I would have no idea what you're talking about, except that we already talked about this in the, the Lost recording. So for the other <laughs> people out there like myself, what are you talking about? This is the Basketball World Cup, so FIBA, not FIFA. Uh, Team USA is definitely the heavy favorites, because there aren't any other countries other than Spain that have very good basketball teams. But uh, it should be fun if and when we get to that championship USA versus Spain match. See, I didn't know that was the thing that existed. So, <laughs> see, these are the things that I'm learning. Uh, we got feedback from you guys this week. We're uh, we're not gonna go into it though, um, because uh, again, time. We're we're really short on time. But uh, a lot of really fun talk. We talked with Carl about Rectify and Battleground, one of his favorites. His answer to the question of the week last week. Talked with the Jape Man a little bit about the Amazon pilots. I haven't seen them yet. The new ones. Have you seen them yet? Nope. Nope. So hopefully a little, we'll talk a little bit about those next week. Um, talked the racism Olympics with Simon and uh, Masters of Sex in the Nick. Talked uh, Doctor Who with Beth. Got some, uh, this is our design feedback from David W. Thank you for writing in, David. We won't be talking about your feedback on this is our design because we've recorded ahead many, many weeks. But um, uh, thank, but, but hopefully you're hearing our response here. So uh, thanks for that email that you sent in. Um, let's see, what else should we mention? At uh, at Sound Outside right now, TIFF, the Toronto International Film Festival, starts this week. So there'll be all sorts of coverage happening there. Lots of really great stuff. I had the chance to speak with a composer for one of the films debuting at TIFF this week, Michael Uzerski and his film The Little Death. And I'll be uh, transcribing that and putting that interview up at Sound Outside this week a little bit later. So hopefully you guys can take a look for that. Um, but I feel like the main thing we need to talk about in this opening section is that Sean... We're we're approaching the end of a Televerse era. Uh, would you care to elaborate? Yes. I am finally caught up with The Good Wife. What? Uh, I'm just kidding. I'm not actually caught up. And that's Why would you tease me about. like that? That's not nice. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, yes, I'll, I'll be leaving soon to go plant trees. 
to go plant trees. Yes. No, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, Sean has been uh, just such a, such a wonderful pleasure having you uh, be my co-host over the course of the summer. Uh, Simon went off, my former co-host, went off to plant trees all summer, and he will be back in a couple weeks. Um, and and so Sean's tenure as uh, as my summer fill-in co-host is, is coming to its end, and it is going to be sad to, to see you go. Um, but I figured we should mention it because I want to give listeners the opportunity to write in any any things any questions any things they want uh, to, they want to say or, or pass along before scathing reviews scathing as well. reviews as well well and this week we have our fall preview next week we're going to be doing our uh, the annual make you watchathon and uh, we'll have uh, you're going to have a pick I'm going to have a pick Simon's going to be back for that and he'll have a pick and we're all we'll all make each other watch different shows do you know what your show's going to be are you going to tell me yet or are we leaving that as a surprise. It's a surprise. It's a surprise. Okay, I have to. I haven't quite decided on what mine's going to be yet. Um, I have a feeling I might be watching a certain Ben McKenzie show for you, but it's the cult. It's just cult. It's cult. The CW. Cult yeah, from the CW. You watch all of it three times. So, there will be there'll be lots of really great stuff coming next week with that. But it's been an absolute treat having you as my co-host, uh, Sean. And oh, don't think you're going very far because we're going to get you back on here as as often <laughs> as we can. Once we get our claws I'll, uh, into you, you don't yeah. get to escape. I'll save my goodbyes for next week. Yeah, but anyways, uh, now, again, second time through all this, uh, we're going to take a break, and we're going to come back with our, our week in TV, and then uh, our week in comedy and reality, then our week in drama and genre. With Labor Day weekend, a lot of shows took the week off, so it's a shorter week in TV, and then we'll have at the end our fall TV preview, our lengthy fall TV preview. So plenty of more content coming. Uh, but for now, let's take a break and come back with our week in reality and comedy. In comedy and reality, first we'll be talking a little bit about the So You Think You Can Dance performance finale, and then I'll preview The League, which is starting its new season this week. Uh, that episode, the premiere is Sitting Shiva. Then we have Garfunkel and Oates, Road Warriors, Married, Waffles and Pizza, and You're the Worst, Equally Dead Inside. Now, I'm, we've been talking for about 10 minutes each week about So You Think You Can Dance, because there's so much we could talk about because it's so fun. We're going to try to truncate that this week. Um, so what are your main highlights or lowlights in this performance finale, Sean? Um, highlights. Uh, like you had been mentioning throughout this season regarding facial expressions, I, I very much enjoyed Ricky and Valerie's performance together because those are two personalities that can definitely be carried away into uh, wonderfully pleasant and um, uh, contagious in terms of the happiness there. But they were quite serious, very strong, um, and maintained that consistency. So despite the fact that I know we've been talking about Valerie probably not being of top four quality. Um, it was a good night regarding that. Yeah. I thought she did a really good job with that. And um, even, I mean, in her routine with Zach, um, I, there, her smile, which is such, so infectious felt a little plastered on in the second half of that routine in a way that was um, sort of almost even troubling to me. It just was so 
simple, such like a simple smile that didn't seem to have any sort of nuance to it. Whereas I thought she did a really good job actually in the first half. And it's got to be so hard to not make eye contact with somebody who's right there when you've been trained for your entire dance career to connect with the person in front of you. So that, you know, they certainly gave her some challenging tasks this week. And I think for the most part, she rose to the challenge. I was impressed with her, her this week. Certainly, I loved that she used Valerie by Amy Winehouse as her solo. I really enjoyed her solo. I really enjoyed Zach's solo. I enjoyed Ricky's solo. Um, I didn't care that it was the same uh, or very similar to his uh, callback week solo. Jessica solo, I was very annoyed. Oh, that broke the streak of I enjoyed. I know. It was the third time she's used that solo on this show, and I'm sorry. I might give you a second time. I'm not giving you a third time. It just made it feel like a very staged uh, show choir kind of routine instead of the really effective wow moment that it was the first time she did it. Um, Though I got to say, talk about wow moments. That uh, Broadway routine with that ridiculous dress, she did a wonderful job throughout that routine, but yowza, that dress. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> the makeup and the costuming on this show have been fantastic. So big props there. Yeah. Um, let's see. I also have to mention her fantastic routine with Robert. I really thought it, it was effective. And uh, for me, it was not a story about would he even notice if I left? It was a story about a woman in an abusive relationship finding the strength to to leave her abuser. Um, and I, and on that, in that context, I thought it really worked well. The visual, the lighting and everything was, was gorgeous. Um, let's see other standouts this week for me. I loved having Aaron back. Do you have any thoughts on Aaron? Cause of course for me, he was one of the highlights of last season, but of course you don't have that connection with him. Uh, did, did you enjoy him as much as I know the, the judges and myself did or, or. Yeah, he's, he seemed good. Um, I, I thought that his performance with Zach, uh, I love Piano Man, so it was already good off the bat. Um, and we've talked about this a little bit before regarding the melody. It, it felt a little bit uh, phoned in at some points, but the, he's obviously a very strong tapper. So, um, yeah, I enjoyed him. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I think that's the my main note. Those are my na- main notes, I would get, say. I guess we all, you also really like the hip-hop, the Ricky and Zach hip-hop. Yeah, and then Jesse Tyler Ferguson. It was so much fun. Who, if Ricky was older, they would date. Yep. Well, he is, he is great. Uh, and if, uh, I mean, if they're not going to give criticism, at least they can be fun and funny. And, and Jesse Tyler Ferguson certainly was that. Uh, any other thoughts on So You Think You Dance? Who do you think is going to win? Uh, I think Ricky. I hope Jessica. Okay. We'll see what happens. We'll talk, I'm sure, more about it in the season as a whole next week once they have their results finale. Um, now let's move on to our week in comedy. First, the league begins its new season this week on the third, tomorrow, as we're recording this. And I've seen the the first episode of the season sitting Shiva uh, as opposed to sitting sh- uh, Shiva. Uh, it's very fitting, a, very much a return to form. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Tef Landre and uh, the a fun appearance by um, Adam Brody. Uh, who, of course, is in one of the new uh, Amazon pilots, The Cosmopolitans. Anyways, uh, a lot of fun. The show's back. It's the same, uh, just as good as it's ever been. And uh, very glad to have it back in the comedy landscape. Uh, are you familiar with The League? Do you watch that show? Yes. Yeah, I very much enjoy The League. So, um, again, weird that it's moved to FXX, uh, but still going to watch it. Excellent. Let's move on to our next uh, comedy, and that's Garfunkel Notes, Road Warriors. So glad to have Steve Little popping up here as Dennis. Uh, what did you think of this episode? Really enjoyed it. Um, the The song 2931 was hilarious. Um, 
the the recreation of the problems that come with doing uh, performances, having to deal with sound people uh, or other technical issues and stuff like that, uh, very much true to form based on what I know uh, from doing poetry. So uh, I yeah, this it was laugh out loud hilarious at times and also just very cleverly written. And I liked that um, they met Alora, but really their Laura was Dennis. And I thought that was great that they didn't really underline that, that they just let it just kind of be there. He's the guy who drove hours to be there. Seems like he has nothing else in his life, knows them and their their music very well. Uh, he might be an asshole, but I thought that was kind of awesome. Uh, the note that they ended on was pretty great. And again, I'm just always glad to see Steve Little on my TV. Loved him on Eastbound and Down. Uh, let's move on to our next show, though. Married, Waffles, and Pizza. And uh, I, yeah, I like this one as well. It certainly wasn't one of the, the show's best yet, but I still enjoyed it. What did you think? Yeah, I'm a bit down on this one, I think, uh, especially because the gap between You're the Worst and Married is really starting to be noticeable. Um, there's nothing bad about it, just that the, the storyline. So the writing seems to be fine. The acting is certainly good. Uh, but the, the situational comedy... The premises for these episodes aren't necessarily ones that are really gripping me. And the the house hunting, while very um, useful to portray in this show and on TV, uh, didn't really get many laughs out of me. And then the AJ story wasn't nearly as good as uh, the Jess story has been this season. So, yeah, a little bit down this week. Fair enough. Uh, it worked for me, especially just because I was glad to see a show really tackle the issue of yeah it would be nice to own a house but we can't afford that and that's a conversation that never happens on family sitcoms uh so that was nice i just was so happy to see that come up uh stuff with aj uh was it was disappointing i i thought it was um i thought it was well done but you just i felt so bad for him throughout the the the, fa the group's just excitement that his new love interest wasn't psycho or a child was was pretty <laughs> great uh, but it's certainly not one of their best episodes i'd say um let's move on to you're the worst equally dead inside and was this another down one for you or is this um you're the worst on point on point i would say definitely hilarious uh like we've been talking about this season uh edgar and Lindsay being big MVPs off of the bench and they get to have their own little storyline this week, which worked very well. The Gretchen and Jimmy uh, stuff maybe actually wasn't as good, but that's okay. Cause I still thought that it was, it's funny. Uh, it's good seeing them try to be boyfriend and girlfriend without being boyfriend and girlfriend. So um, yeah, I very much on point, like you said. Well, and the fact that the resolution of that wasn't, I've learned that I need to be more supportive, but was instead, let's just never have emotions again. I thought yeah. was, was was pretty nice. I liked the, the turn with the Sandra Bernhardt reading. That worked for me. And really, again, getting to see Lindsay and, uh, and uh, um, Edgar off on their own was nice. I hope we get to see more of them. And uh, the work wife thing was fun. Nice to see an alumnus of So You Think You Can Dance and Bunheads pop up on the show. That's now one Bunheads alum on Married and one Bunheads alum on You're the Worst. We can do more than that. Come on, FX Comedies. Let's make it, you know, four for four with the Bunheads. I don't know if you watched uh, Mind Games on ABC past the, the pilot, but we had a, a Bunheads alumni on that one as well. I watched the first like four of that, but I certainly didn't see all of them. So I'll have to hunt that out now because that's <laughs> how much I support the Bunheads. Well, what wins your week in uh, reality and comedy this week? 
I'm going to give it to uh, Garfunkel and Oates this week, um, which maybe wasn't the best episode, but it, it was the best of this group, I think. And it's really kind of proven that it, it knows what it's doing. Yeah. And uh, if I take out the league from contention, it's an easier conversation. It's definitely Garfunkel and Oates for me. If I put the league back in, um, that becomes more tricky. I thought I did really enjoy that premiere, but I, you will talk about it next week. I also really did enjoy. So you think you dance quite a bit. I watched it actually twice so I could watch it with my sister as well. Um, and actually every routine, I, most of the routines I liked more the second time through, I didn't like anything less the second time through, which is, does is not always the case, shall we say. So, uh, I, I did enjoy quite a bit. Uh, so you think you can dance Garfunkel notes and the league and also really liked married and you're the worst, just a little less than usual. This week. Uh, so I liked everything. That's a long way of saying <laughs> I liked everything. Uh, except Jessica's solo. Except Jessica's solo. Yes, very true. Okay, well, let's take a break, and then we'll come back with our week in genre and drama. I'm just another heart in need of rescue. Waiting on love, sweet charity. And I'm gonna hold on for the rest of my This week in genre and drama, first we'll look at the genres and start with The Strain, Creatures of the Night, Intruders, and here you must listen, Doctor Who, Into the Dalek, and Outlander, The Gathering. Then we'll move on to the dramas, and this this week it's just a couple of them. We have The Honorable Woman, Two Hearts, and Masters of Sex, Mirror, Mirror. So first, genre and The Strain. Uh, this one was one of the best they've had because it was more action-packed, certainly a good move. They got rid of Jim, which I was... Happy. I mean, I think Sean Aston did a good job in this episode, but they've needed to start calling. And uh, when they have the characters, when the character is just infested with worms and they're saying, you have no right to, sh I mean, that was just horribly contrived and did not work. So um, I'm glad they moved the characters beyond that point because it's been kind of painful watching them trying to argue against themselves, but having the show present it not as them arguing themselves, but have having them theoretically arguing for what's right. It just hasn't quite worked in the way it should. Uh, nice to have Fett with the team. And really, the action was very effective, even if I was somewhat uh, troubled by the depiction of the shopkeeper in this episode. Really, does he need to... Does he need to have a thick accent? Does he need to be obsessed with uh, the money he's losing and not, you know, the fact that people are dying in front of him? It just... It's that that part of it really was troublesome to me. But in general, definitely more effective than the other episodes we've seen recently. Let's go on to The Intruders, and here you must listen. Uh, I was uh, vaguely optimistic about the first episode. All the other critics that I listened to or read were not optimistic about the first two. Now I've seen the second episode, and I'm, I'm not quite with them yet. I have a little more patience for the show than it seems like others do. But I can kind of see what they're saying. This was not uh, as interesting to me. What did you think of this episode? And are you more optimistic than I am? Or are you with those other, these other critics? I think I'm with the other critics. I'm so sorry. Oh, that's okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I want this to be scarier 
and I want there to be better characters. And the the embryo stages of both of those things are there. It's just not really coming along very well. So interesting things are kind of happening on screen, and these issues of uh, or the questions rather about how these possessions or um, second lives or multiple lives, I guess, uh, recurring lives are happening. I don't know. It's it's weird, and it seems like they're teasing out the mystery in a way that's not good writing. What do you think of that? Yeah, the, the, the parts of the show that they're focusing on and how they handle these elements in the second episode is far less successful for me than it was in the first episode. Uh, the little girl does not work for me at all particularly when she's trying to be menacing. It just, she does, she sounds like a little girl. She doesn't sound like a, a scary, creepy older dude in a little girl's body. That's a very difficult thing to pull off. And when she's supposed to be a little girl, I think the actress does a good job, but she's not effectively capturing this other element. And for the amount of screen time she's given in this episode, that is a significant problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, the character, who is hunting her down? Uh, that actor is doing a good job in that role, but again, they're not really a character. I don't, I don't get a sense of who any of these people are. Even the story with uh, the guy whose wife—he um, was trying to find her, and everybody's acting weird at the at the office and everything. Again, he's doing a good performance, but it's just an archetype. It's it's not really anything there it's all very two-dimensional yeah i was with that story after the pilot but here it's just because the of how they keep stretching it out they spend again they spend so much time on it you need to have something new happen if you're gonna keep going back you can't just have him dead end after dead end after dead end and you don't really find out anything new and you don't really see that much of a change in him uh that that's not interesting to me so they that they they have mishandled that as far as I can tell in this second episode. I I'm still like you. I'm enjoying James Frain as the person hunting the little girl, and you know John Sim and Mira Sorvino. I mean, I think they I think we needed to see Mira Sorvino in this episode, not just have her voice very briefly on the phone. Um, and certainly the the with the amount of time we spend with John Sim, not enough happens with that character, and that's that's a problem for me. Um, I'm gonna give it another episode. Or are you gonna give it another episode? Intruders has intruded into my scheduling too much. Okay, fair enough. Cutting the cord. Well, let's move on to our next uh, show, and that's, of course, it's, it's Time Slot Partner, though Doctor Who airs before, um, and that was episode two of Doctor Who, Into the Dalek. Now, you've said that you've seen only a little bit of Doctor Who. Are you familiar with the Daleks? I am familiar with the Daleks. And what did you think of this episode? I, I thought it was better than the premiere, so I, it was more fun. Um, the, the premise, I thought, it was a better hook. Uh, the action was good. The urgency probably was the best part about it. Um, and also just the inspecting the idea of uh, the Daleks' morality. So it, it, we knew that there wasn't going to actually be a good Dalek, but the fact that uh, like a, a disease could basically <laughs> reverse that, um, that hate functionality was an interesting premise so it was it was fun i guess yeah there's a lot i really liked here and the biggest thing for me 
Um, there's a couple stunning visuals when they go through that eye. Ben Wheatley, obviously people are big fans of him as a film director. I've not seen any of his films, though I hear they're fantastic. Uh, but when they go through that eye of that doll, like that was absolutely gorgeous. And I would love to see the show really embrace visual moments like that more in this season and just moving forward. I mean, why, when you can have a moment like that, why wouldn't you do it? Um, absolutely gorgeous. There were a few other shots that were almost as beautiful as well, but by far the biggest thing for me in this episode is the way that it embraces its characters and gives them time. It give it spends time with Danny Pink. We we get to know that character very quickly, but the way we get to know him is because it when it's with him, it is fully with him. It's not distracting us with things happening in the background. It's not distracting us with uh with plunky with, with um comedy music or uh, or swelling strings to let us know that he really is a soldier who's struggling with stuff. It just sits with a very honest performance and that worked incredibly well for me. I really liked his uh, introduction and the interaction we get with him and Clara. I like that. And this is something I say in my review at It's Not a Sight, my lengthy review at It's Not a Sight. Um, the way that this, this episode has characters ask questions and then has other the characters they're asking pause to think about their answers first and then maybe give an answer that person didn't want to hear but it's a truthful answer that really was effective for me and I really appreciated that it's a definite change in approach from the previous doctor in the previous several seasons I'm hoping it's there to stay the uh, the the climax of all this was very familiar I wasn't a fan of much of that I, I wasn't as annoyed as I have been most of the time with the other Dalek episodes but it's certainly nothing new, and so when they're treating it like it is something, like a revelation about the Doctor, oh, he's a good Dalek. It's like, you said that in season one with Eccleston in a much more powerful scene, so this is not, this is nothing new. Um, so I, that didn't work as well for me, but the use of Clara is so much better. The use of some of these other characters so much better, and, uh, you know, you gotta love an episode where Clara... Like she, her solution to restoring his memory is basically to pull a Fonzie and like just hit it in the right <laughs> way, and hey, the memory's back yeah. into existence. I mean, that's great. That's perfect. I that image is going to be ingrained in my head now. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Well, let's move on to our last genre show, though. Really, this kind of bridges us over to the dramas, and that's Outlander episode four, The Gathering. Uh, by far the least um, genre of the episodes thus far what did you think and uh are you can do you did you want more mysticism in this episode like we maybe discussed last week yeah i mean in general i certainly want more of that uh it, the absence of it in this episode was less noticeable or annoying than i guess it hasn't been annoying but it will just stick with noticeable in the past couple episodes um jamie got to not be just a potential romantic interest he got a very triumphant moment in which he was able to carefully word his way around the oath so that he wouldn't be killed, which is a good thing. Um, so that was probably the highlights. We knew that that she wasn't going to escape, and it's just a matter, I guess, of finding reasons for her to in, not enjoy something somewhere between tolerate and enjoy her time there, because there has to obviously that's the way that the story has to go story has to go there has to be things in this world that she can latch onto, so that going back home is a little bit more difficult and it looks like that is being done well enough i also really think they're being smart and and how they're using frank with the flashbacks and i also think it's very smart we have not seen his doppelganger 
re- recur yet. I'm sure he will in a significant way before the season is done. I'm a hundred percent sure of that. However, uh, having, having Frank be a consistent presence on the show, even if it's just the really brief flashbacks, because that's what she's thinking, because it's in her, the show is very much in her mind and from her perspective, still annoyed by the voiceover, by the way. Um, but because it is very much in her perspective, having him be such a strong presence, I think is very important and they've handled that well. So I definitely wanted to give them credit for that. Also uh, with, with Jamie here, like you say, he gets to be his own person. And even though his relationship to her puts him in danger, we see more about him and his, the, you know, the predicament of his situation and 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 just that really that scene is very effective diana gabaldon the author of course makes her cameo appearance in this episode as the woman who comments on fitz uh fitz's uh work and of course fitz has that comment about her lovely dress that she wore so well last year to the same party such a nice little moment uh for the for an author cameo but uh again having you know having claire able to open up to jamie in a way that feels authentic but uh but also, um, yeah, he's surprised that she, he's like all the blue, out of the blue. All of a sudden, you're going to try to run away. She's like, I have been wanting to leave for months. You know, like I thought that was very organic and very well, well written and performed. And to, to give her someone to talk to in a way that feels um, not contrived, I think is important. That's that's another way of building that relationship and putting the foundation there for them to have more than just a you're nice, you saved me kind of uh, connection. So I continue to, to enjoy Outlander and what they're doing. It has been a, one of the real surprises of the season for me, of this the summer season. Any other thoughts on Outlander? Uh, no, steadily enjoying it. Um, probably enjoy it a little bit less than you. It, it's not one that I am excited about week to week, but it's certainly one that could have easily messed up several of its elements already, and it's, it has some confidence, so I'm glad about that. Yeah, I'm not at a, ooh, I can't wait to watch Outlander kind of place, I'm, but yeah. I am at a, oh yeah, yay, Outlander's <laughs> waiting for me on the DVR. Okay, I can yeah. watch that. So that, that's sort of where I'm at with it. Let's go over to the, the full-on dramas, though, and first up we have The Honorable Woman, Two Hearts, and uh, I still think the show is really well done. The these last couple episodes haven't been quite as striking to me as the the pilot and the earlier episodes were. It's a bit familiar now. It, it's it's the the plots or the beats, character beats and stuff are a bit more familiar to me. Um, I am still enjoying it though. What did you think of this episode? Yeah, it's interesting. I didn't get to talk about it last week because I hadn't caught up. But these last two episodes have really impressed me in a very surprising way. Because I was very certain that I had no interest whatsoever in following the plot of what had happened eight years uh, earlier. And the focus on that worked incredibly well for me, just to, to fill in a lot of the background information about Nessa and Attica. Um, and to see Nessa's brother, Ephraim, what's his mm-hmm. name? Ephraim? Ephraim? Something. Ephraim something. Yeah, I'm going to call him that. Um to see him have other things to do and then also to to kind of get the point by point uh his evolution and so where he is in the present day that worked fantastic so there's nothing really new that happens um it's kind of the same beats and so i can understand some of the monotony of that but um i i guess again to to see something that i thought i didn't want to see and to enjoy it for what it was 
um, I'm glad that they spent, I guess, an episode and a half um, doing that. And we'll see what comes next. We're already past the halfway point, and if the buzz is to be believed, it's going to end really strong. So I'm looking forward to the next few episodes of The Honorable Woman. Let's move on to our final episode for this week in TV, and that's Masters of Sex, Mirror, Mirror. Libby! She she actually does something right. Yeah. And it's all the more powerful because of what came before. Yeah. It's been a long journey for her, struggling with maybe racism and oh no no racism. not definitely racism. No, I mean like at different points, it it kind of mm-hmm. it's in a different uh, tier, I suppose. And, and yeah, sometimes she's just flat out racist. So they've really done a great job with that character in ways that maybe people who didn't like um, Betty and Mad Men because she got kind of the same things to do over and over again, they they would much more appreciate kind of what's happening with this character who occupies a somewhat similar role to those first few, first few seasons of Mad Men. So um, even though there's less of a focus on some of our other supporting characters, that was a, obviously a huge highlight of this episode. Yeah, that was the highlight for me. And looking into the Veiled Prophet, I mean, that's weird and creepy. Uh, that is a thing. That is an actual St. Louis thing. Uh, I, I, if you're curious, Google it. There's a Wikipedia page and stuff. You can find some information about what that is. But I always think that kind of stuff is creepy, just like the cotillions and giving away and the all of that. So that was an interesting subtext to what was going on. Um, what we get with, uh, with Austin tying him in with the diet <laughs> stuff could be interesting. Um, I'm, I'm look if that means that we get more of him on the show than that I think that's good I think they're they're smart to recognize that actor as a definite benefit to the show um so we'll see if they can uh how how that all comes together but glad to have uh glad to have more connections I guess between the cast and a reason to see Austin popping up more in the building would, would certainly be welcome to me oh yeah just to get him in, in proximity with everybody again uh another big highlight for this episode Barbara Betsy Brandt's character had a wonderful, wonderful story that I didn't think that they were going to pay off this well. Um, so now that Virginia and Bill are looking a little bit more into some of the, the sexual dysfunctionalities uh, in their subjects, it allows for something like that. And that was heartbreaking and beautiful and super effective all at once. And big credit to Betsy Brandt for turning in a great performance there. Absolutely. Well, as much as you know, we loved her on the Michael J. Fox show, <laughs> nice to see her get some some really uh, good material and uh, i i hope that she's going to be back i hope we're going to stick with that character a bit more they've just done such a great job with their supporting cast on masters of sex this season and uh great to have her as as part of that any other thoughts on masters of sex um no it's just again it's it's striking very striking how full all of these episodes are and how there's no longer a sense of I want certain things to happen or I wish certain things weren't happening, which was very much my attitude the entire first season, which I thought was still quite good, but had its problems. So I I continue to be impressed with where Michelle Ashford has taken this and um, I can't wait to see more episodes of this really. Yeah, we're getting closer to the end of that one as well. Uh, So we're approaching uh, the end of the summer and uh, early fall i guess season so we'll be saying goodbye to a bunch of these shows soon but for now we're enjoying them uh what wins your week in genre and drama um 
I guess it's got to be Masters of Sex, although, I, again, I thought this was a better episode of Doctor Who that I had a lot of fun with, and aspects of Outlander and Honorable Woman I liked, but overall, Masters of Sex. Yeah, I'm going to give it to... Uh, I'm going to split it between Doctor Who and Masters of Sex, because... There are moments of Masters of Sex that were definitely the most effective of the week for me, but I was so excited to be actually enjoying a Dalek episode of Doctor Who. That is a rare thing for me. Um, they're usually kind of terrible, especially recently in the past, you know, several seasons, um, really since season one of the new, of the new Who. So uh, there's a lot that I really very much appreciated about Doctor Who. And it has me optimistic about the rest of the season in a way that I wasn't certainly before the premiere and even after the premiere. So um, I guess I'll give it... I'm going to stop hedging. I'll just give it to Doctor Who. And there you go. Got to commit. I got to commit. Okay, so that's what I'm doing. Um, and so now that wraps up our week in genre and drama and reality and comedy. So we'll take a break and come back with our fall TV preview. We'll be right back after this. So begins our plot, of which there's quite a lot, with Isabella stringing Galavant. And with the evil king... Prepared to do his thing, and with the queen still pretty sure he can't. And with Gal about to start his journey, one both twisty and immensely tiny. Oh, it's lots of plot we know, but anyway, I hope we're off and here we go. Come back for next week's show to see what's next for We're back with the Televerse this week. We're skipping the DVD shelf in favor of our fall TV preview. We're going to look at what's coming up in the next uh, weeks and months and let you guys know what's, what we're thinking. Uh, unfortunately, I have not been able to see many of these new pilots. I've seen about a handful. Have you seen any of them yet, Sean? Uh, I have not. I'm not a cool guy. <laughs> well, some have been made uh, available online, and of course, I saw some of these at uh, Comic Con. But we'll we'll still give our thoughts, or you know, based on what we do know about these uh, different shows. But we're gonna, as we mentioned earlier, this is not our first time going through this information, so we're we're it's, we're gonna be a little snappier with it than maybe uh, we were the first time through. But hopefully, you guys will get the gist of all these different shows. So starting this week. We have The League starting up, as I already mentioned, in the comedy section, um, and the new show The Chair on Stars. This is basically like a Project Greenlight kind of thing with two different films being made, I believe, from the same script by two different filmmakers, and then they're going to get voted on, I guess, at the end. Uh, I've seen one. I've seen the second episode, oddly enough. I thought I was watching the first. It was the second episode. It didn't particularly grab me, but if you if you like Project Greenlight, I think you'll like The Chair, probably. Um and yeah, it was it was very much what I was expecting, but it was it you know in a in a positive way, I guess I'd say. Uh, what do we have starting up next week, Sean? Uh, next week, new premieres are Utopia on Fox on Sunday the seventh, and then Z Nation on Friday on Sci Fi, and then returning premieres Sunday is the final season of Boardwalk Empire. Tuesday is the final season of Sons of Anarchy. Then we also have Hell's Kitchen on Wednesday, and The Biggest Loser and Haven on Thursday. Z Nation, all I know about it is something about zombies, and it sounded really familiar. It sounded very much like that um, Amber Tamblin and um, his name escapes me right now, Titus Pulo from Rome. 
uh, Ray Stevenson, a zombie pilot that didn't get picked up several years back. I, I don't know more than that. Sci-fi, um, Z Nation, zombies, and sci-fi channel. That's all I know. Any? Do you know anything about this one? No, but I want to imagine it's The Walking Dead with zombies that can use social media. Okay, what about uh, Utopia? Utopia. Okay, so that's the new, I guess, um, test that Fox is doing. It's a reality series, and it's based on the Dutch series. And it's 15 men and women who are placed in isolation, and they're going to be filmed 24 hours a day for a year, and we'll catch them on Tuesday and Friday, which is an interesting double time slot during the, the week for Fox. Um, there will be live streams online, though. So if you're not getting enough Utopia, then you can check in online. Well, and it's already – the live streaming has already begun. That happened at the end of August, like the 29th, I want to say, so this past week. So that's already kicked off, even though the premiere is, is still coming up. I haven't seen any of this. I have not watched any of the live stream. Uh, a year is a bit of a commitment. I mean, like I wouldn't want to go in seclusion for a year. No, but then they're also, I don't know if this, if this is happening anytime soon, but they're also going to do like a Mars reality show. So like the first people who are going to Mars are going to be filmed and documented and it will be a reality show. And that's a much bigger commitment. Wow. That really, never mind. You're right. That really, really <laughs> is. Okay. The next week after that, uh, so a couple weeks from now, uh, September 14th that week, we have Dancing with the Stars. Uh, coming back on NBC, on ABC, then uh, on Fox, New Girl and Mindy Project are two of their you know first re returning shows. That's Tuesday the sixteenth, and we have two new shows uh, on September seventeenth. That's a Wednesday. Red Band Society on Fox and Mysteries of Laura on NBC. Uh, I've seen both of these pilots. Red Band Society is up and available on Hulu. So if you guys want to check it out, you can do so. Uh, I am not a particular fan of either, but I will say that shockingly enough, I had more fun with she's a cop and a mother than I did with, oh, these children are going to teach each other life lessons, which is Red Band Society. Uh, for those who are unaware, can you tell us a little bit about these shows? Uh, the Mysteries of Laura stars Deborah Messing, and it's based on the Spanish series uh, Los Misterios de Laura. It's directed by McGee, who many will know from film and from television. Also starring Josh Lucas, uh, Janina Gavankar, and this is Laura Diamond, who is a cop, like you said, but is also a mom, which is a very unusual thing on TV. <laughs> she kind of takes, like, there's certain elements about it that are kind of fun, where she takes a soccer mom approach to her police work, but she's also supposed to be a badass, and by the end of the pilot, they want you to have invested in the drama of it. And where this show is the most successful is when it's just being silly and ridiculous, and having her, like, scold bad guys uh, in this, you know, like a soccer mom. It, I think there's potential for this to be fun if it just goes full on for silly and doesn't try to be serious. Um, I don't know if it's going to do that. Um, and it's certainly not very, here's the thing. I think it could be a fun show. I don't think it's a good show. Uh, but those are different, you know, if it knows what it is, then it could become something, I guess. Uh, how about Red Band Society? Red Band Society is a dramedy based on a group of teenagers, uh, living together as patients in a hospital's pediatric ward, starring, uh, Octavia, Octavia Spencer, Dave Annabelle, and it's created by Margaret Nagel, who did the HBO, um, movie Warm Springs. 
Yeah, and I think that, as I recall, that got a bunch of Emmys. Um, I, I haven't seen it, though. This one, again, like I said, it's available to watch already. And it's one of the rare pilots or shows or even movies where I, I watched the, the trailer and said, oh, dear Lord, no, 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 not this. Because it just is not my tonal happy place. Uh, and the pilot completely matched that because uh, often the trailers and these things are incredibly misleading uh it's very hard to capture the tone especially if something is going to have comedic elements is often that does not get captured in a, an accurate way in a, in a trailer but if you watch this trailer and you think it looks interesting you'll probably like the show uh, for me it was very predictable nothing i hadn't seen before a lot of a lot of pretty teens uh and then of course the tough as nail Tough as nails, but she's got a hard gold Octavia Spencer nurse uh, giving them some tough love. But really, you know, listening outside their doors as they learn life lessons together, kind of a thing. Uh, Dave Annabelle, I know there's fans of his from I want to say like Brothers and Sisters. Was that his show? Yeah, I think so. Um, so they're, I mean, and they're fine. There's nothing. This is not a bad pilot. I just I have negative interest in watching a bunch of teens. You know. The one who does, the guy who doesn't want the roommate is. Do you think he'll learn from the you know roommate he's who's forced upon him and have to open, get out of his shell, and maybe learn to love again, learn to let other people <laughs> into his heart? Yeah. Uh, so there's, it's very much that show. But I know there are a lot of people who have seen the pilot who have enjoyed it. So that could just be a me being grouchy thing. <laughs> um, let's move on to the next week, which is the week of the premieres. Everything is coming back the week of the 21st through the 27th, it seems. Uh, take it away. What do we have to look for? What's the new stuff that's coming out that week? Oh, man. Okay. New stuff. On Sunday on CBS, we get Madam Secretary. On Monday on Fox is Gotham, also Scorpion on CBS, and Forever on ABC. On Tuesday, uh, the new NCIS, New Orleans, will be filling in for NCIS Los Angeles. Then on Wednesday, you get Blackish on ABC. Thursday, How to Get Away with Murder on ABC. And that's it for the networks. But then on Friday, we get the first season of Transparent on Amazon. And many people will have seen that pilot already. Okay, so let's go just day by day. Madam Secretary on CBS. This is, I believe it's Taylioni is... Uh, kind of raised unexpectedly to be become the secretary of state, female secretary of state. Uh, I want to say Tim Daly is the president. I know he's in the cast. I'm not sure if he's playing the president. Um, who else or what else can you tell me about this show? I can tell you that it is from Barbara Hall, who did Joan of Arcadia, which was actually a very solid series. And that it's about, like you said, um, the first female secretary of state, Faulkner Accords. Uh, it's, you know, Another political drama to to join the Good Wife on the night, so it, it looks like that's starting to become a brand there. Yeah, I know that uh, this is one of the pilots that's more warmly received, but again, I haven't seen it, so I I don't know, uh, and we'll have to wait and see until we get a better sense of that. But fingers crossed, it'd be nice for the Good Wife to have a tonal partner that actually fits rather than like the yeah. amazing race and the mentalist or whatever else is after it. Um, let's move on to Monday. One of the biggest pilots that people are excited about is definitely Gotham on Fox. Uh, I did, I did get to see this pilot at Comic-Con and I, th I was, I, I thought it did a good job. Uh, I wasn't completely blown away. There's a few elements. It, it played very well at Comic-Con, but uh, there is a bit too much of a wink to the audience as far as I'm concerned. 
every single person we run into in the course of the pilot is at least they're hinted to be someone who becomes very significant in the Batman mythos down the line, which is a bit precious as far as I'm concerned. But I did think that they got uh, they did a good job with some of the main figures that that show up and I'm trying to avoid too many spoilers here. And also, really, for me, this comes down to the cast. Uh, we have Ben McKenzie as as Gordon, and I was a big fan of his on Southland, and I know that you're a fan of his from the OC. And then, of course, Donald Logue as uh, as Harvey, uh, who is his uh, his his wiser, more grizzled partner, uh, whereas Jim Gordon is new and fresh to the department. Um, and so, having that corrupt cop and uh, trying to not become corrupt cop partnership could just on any show could be interesting or could be tired. But with that cast, I'm more uh, intrigued. I think I'm more willing to give it some space. What do you think? Yeah, I'm I'm quite excited for this and also uh, very cautiously optimistic. I'm rooting for it because I, I want Gotham to do well. It's a good premise to do a story about this world revolving not around Bruce Wayne. Um, and Ben McKenzie is such a fine young actor that there's a lot of reasons that this should work out, and I'm just hoping that those click. I will say that a definite strong point of the pilot is Jada Pinkett Smith, um, and who, who's playing an original character, not someone from the comics, and I think that was very a very smart move. Uh, we'll see what happens with some of those characters moving forward, um, but I will say that some of the Batman fans I talked to at Comic-Con, including friend of the show, Tyler Smith, were very happy with the representations of some of the familiar uh, presences, I guess I'll say. Uh, so if you're a Batman fan, I think you are likely to be happy. If you're not a Batman fan, I think it's still very accessible. We'll see whether that holds t- true later on in the season. Um, also on Monday, like as you said, Scorpion on CBS, which sounds like it should be like Hieroglyph Take Two, but as I understand it, this is one of CBS's new hacker shows. Is that correct, or is that am I thinking of another show? No, this is it. It's uh, it's a dramatization of a real life IT guy, and it's just a bunch of nerds and Cat McPhee. So <laughs> who else? Is, who else is in there? There's one other person. I can't remember who in this one. Uh, Robert Patrick will be a big part of it, so um, I'm assuming he'll be in a mentor-ish role, and that's always fun. That is certainly fun. Uh, I'm not very intrigued by the notion of um, Kat McPhee, the the computer (laughs) genius, or I think I read somewhere that she's actually, she's a regular mom and her kid is a computer genius or something. I don't know. We'll we'll see. I, I have not seen hardly anything about Scorpion, so... Your guess is as good as mine. Debuting that week, we also have Forever on ABC. And this, if it sounds familiar to you guys, it's because it, it is. There was a very similar show called New Amsterdam starring Nikolai uh, Costa-Waldo before he was Jamie Lannister called New Amsterdam. He was then a, an, an immortal cop in New York. This time we have uh, Yoan uh, Griffith, Gr- Griffith, I probably butchered his name there, playing an immortal doctor. Um, and that's all I know. What else can you tell me about Forever. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the basic premise. He's uh, from New York. He's a medical examiner uh, trying to solve his cases, and one of the ways he does that is he gets really involved and puts himself into life-threatening situations, and when he dies, uh, he, he comes back and is able to use the information that he's gleaned to help solve his case. Any other cast we should be aware of on that, or uh, is the main one Yon Griffith? That's the main one that I know, but uh, some people might know Alana De La Garza, Lorraine Toussaint, or Judd Hirsch. 
Yes, uh, people will certainly know him. Uh, and I've enjoyed those other actresses as well. Um, let's move on to uh, our next one. On Tuesday, we also have NCIS New Orleans on CBS. This one has Scott Bakula. Who else does it have? That's the only one that I know. Um, but cast list also has Lucas Black, CCH Pounder. Oh, man. Okay. And uh, Paige Shurko. So actually a very good cast that I wasn't aware of. <laughs> Uh, and all I know about this one is that it is a spinoff. It was a backdoor pilot. I believe people will have seen that character on NCIS last season. I'm excited that Scott Bakula has a show. He's great. Really big fan of him. Uh, not very interested in watching this show, but hey, I can't be upset about him getting a consistent payday for a while at least. As long as he can pop back up on... Uh, on uh, Looking? On Looking. Yeah, I'll be happy. Any other thoughts on NCIS New Orleans? NCIS, New Orleans. This should be NCIS Cyber. That's my thought. Oh God! Well, that's coming. Don't 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 think it's not coming. They'll call it something <laughs> else, but it'll happen. Um, let's see. On on Wednesday the twenty fourth. Again, still in September. Here we have Blackish on ABC, and this is just a uh, African American middle class family sitcom, uh, starring. But it stars Anthony Anderson and Lawrence Fishburne, and oh, her name is escaping me. What's who's the mother? Uh, Tracy Ellis Ross. Yes, so I I appreciate each of those actors, and um, I would like the show to be good. Just again, I, because I've been wanting Anthony Anderson to have something that uses his talents. He he was a big part of Law and Order coming back into its own in its last seasons, right before it got cut. Uh, and then also I liked him in his very brief appearance on Treme. I would have liked to have seen much more of him on Treme, actually. Uh, so fingers crossed. Even though I know nothing about what the show's going to be. Yeah, of all of the comedy pilots um, that had trailers, this was one of the ones that didn't repulse me. So I'm, I'm hopeful. Okay, uh, let's see what else we have that week. Uh, How to Get Away with Murder on ABC, and this is the one uh, about a law professor, I believe, or uh, a professor in Philly uh, who is also a lawyer, um, and that's she's played by uh, Viola Davis, and her and her class get embroiled in a a racially charged murder, I want to say. Am I confusing pilots here? Which one is this? Well, you could confuse pilots because there's a lot of overlap, but that's the one. Yeah, and this is from Shonda Rhimes, who is only co-producing it. Is that right? Yeah. Um, he. I think this one's being was created by Peter Nowak, who's one of the co-executive producers of Scandal and has been part of the Shondaland crew, writer, writer staff for, for a while. Um Liza Weil, who people will know from um, from Gilmore Girls, is in this one as well. But I think basically people are just selling this as from some of the Shonda Rhimes people and starring Viola Davis, which honestly for some people will be more than enough. Uh, I That's a very evocative title as well. Yes, that is true. It's a good title. Um, then our last new show this week is, uh, that's the 26th of, of September on Friday, Transparent Season 1. We already talked about the pilot for Transparent. Uh, for those who don't remember, it has an excellent cast, and it's about a family, um, and the title, Transparent, uh, ties into the fact that the the father, the, the, the paterfamilias, as it were, played by Jeffrey Tambor, uh, is, we find out in the pilot, is in the process of uh, doing gender reassignment to to become a woman, and you know he, he's trying to come out to his children as tra- as trans, 
and uh, and so we will follow the kids. We follow the dad and the mother uh, who are who have been divorced, I believe, for a while. Um, but anyways, I was lukewarm on this pilot, but I know a lot of people really loved it. Um, so that that will be an interesting premiere. Uh, also, in this week, I, we're not going to. There's just too many shows to name all of them, but. Aside from the network, you know, CBS shows coming back, Fox shows coming back, NBC shows coming back. We have Awkward and Faking It coming back on MTV. Also on uh, that week, we have South Park and Key and Peele coming back on Comedy Central. So while you're seeing all the onslaught of ads for network shows, don't forget that there are a couple of our favorite uh, uh, cable shows coming back as well. Anything else you want to mention from that week or shall we move on to the next week? Just move on. Okay, uh, the 28th of uh, September through the 4th of October, what do we have here? What's new in this week? Uh, new, we've got Selfie uh, Manhattan Love Story on ABC on Tuesday. Also a new series from MTV called Happy Land that day. And then, uh, let's see, on that Wednesday we've got Stalker on CBS, oh, aren't we excited? Uh, that Thursday we'll have Grace Point on Fox Bad Judge and A to Z on NBC, and that Saturday, Survivor's Remorse on Stars. I've I know nothing about Survivor's Remorse. Um, I did not actually know it existed until about twenty or thirty minutes ago. Um, so I, you know, I just Stars has has me interested because of you know what what they've done so far with Outlander has me intrigued, and of course they got a lot of uh, benefit of the doubt for us with with Spartacus. But um, but let's look at these other shows. Um, oh, and also we know very little about Happy Land. It doesn't even seem to have a Wikipedia page. Uh, but this is uh, a dramedy set at a mu- an amusement park. That's all I know. And then apparently uh, there was a lot of talk of incest at the uh, the panel for it at TCA's. So I don't know what that means, but Happy Land on MTV. Let's talk about these network shows. Uh, what can you tell me about Selfie? It's from Emily Kapnick, who did Suburgatory, the, the late lamented Suburgatory. It's kind of a remake of My Fair Lady or Pumalian or however you want to address that. Uh, but regarding social media, and it's starring Karen Gillan and John Cho, so a very talented duo. I've seen the pilot for this one. It's one of those ones that's uh, like Red Band Society. It's up on Hulu, so people can preview it now. And I was what I was hoping for with this one, because I'm a big fan of Karen Gillan. I really enjoyed John Cho as well, and I, I followed Suburgatory really regularly for the, its first two seasons. Um, what I was hoping for was Whelmed. I knew I wouldn't be over. I was trying to not be under. Uh, and unfortunately, I it didn't quite make it. <laughs> so I was not whelmed. It's not very good. Uh, the, there's really kind of painful voiceover narration, which is a theme in this year's pilots. I never, I can't say never because I like Veronica Mars. I almost never like voiceover narration on, on TV series. And I certainly didn't like it in Outlander. And I certainly don't like it here. It's just very familiar and again it's that do you think that the uptight guy and the uh the crazy girl are gonna maybe teach each other a little bit about life she'll get him to loosen up he'll get her to to be less self-conscious and find her con you know f- find her confidence 
Um, but Karen Gillan can be really great. Those who saw her on NTSFSD SUV will will know that, of course, as well as Doctor Who and a little movie called Guardians of the Galaxy this summer. Um, and John Cho has plenty of credits behind him, so I'm sure he'll bring plenty of fans in. I'm going to give this one some space. Normally, I wouldn't based on the quality of the pilot, but based on the people behind it, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with it for a few weeks. Are you looking forward to selfie at all? I had questions about it going into or coming out of the, the trailer and reading about it. So that's unfortunate that you didn't like the pilot very much. But, uh, you know, this freshman class of comedies doesn't look great anyway. So this might evolve into one of the better ones, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Uh, how about Manhattan Love Story? I, I know nothing about this pilot. Yeah, it was such a weird uh, trailer. It's It's a series that follows the journey of a new couple and the questions they actually think about from the moment they begin a relationship. Uh, again, lots of voiceover narration, which is going to make everybody happy. It stars Annalie Tipton, uh, Jake McDormand, and Kurt Fuller. There wasn't really anything in the trailer that was like, hey, this is what this show is going to be about. It was mostly just like rom-com-y tropes. So that could work, because lots of rom-coms do work on TV. But I... It, it just looks really bland right now. Yeah, that uh, the, I, I didn't see Greek, so I know some will. Some people are really big fans of that male lead from Greek, uh, so I, I don't have that connection to him. I did like Emily Tipton in Warm Bodies, but I still don't have a strong enough connection. The uh, I, Kurt Fuller, I understand, will be a, a smaller role, but he's just always so much fun on Psych. If he were a more significant presence in the show, that might make me more interested in it, just because I like to see him do comedy. But um, yeah, this one. The fact that it's not getting any push at all, whereas the network seems far more behind Selfie and A to Z, has me a little curious. Like, why, why not? Why push those two formulaic shows, but not this formulaic show? Uh, I, I don't know. We'll see when once I get a chance to watch a pilot. But um, yeah, this one's sur- sort of surprisingly vague. Less vague is Stalker on CBS from Kevin Williamson. Um, yeah, I I'm negative looking forward to this one and I'm going to make myself watch the pilot, but based on everything I've heard, I am not hopeful. Uh what can you tell me about Stalker? I can tell you that you and I are going to do weekly podcasts, the Stalker podcast. It'll oh, be so much fun. <laughs> there's a 0% chance of that happening is what there is. <laughs> um it's just from the title, it's all there, really, unfortunately. It's about stalking. So it's, it's drama about detectives who investigate stalking from the for the threat assessment of unity of the LAPD. So uh, Dylan McDermott, Maggie Q are both part of this, uh, Elizabeth Rom, and it, it just looks not good. Yeah. And for anybody who thought similarly or worse probably worse about the following uh good luck yeah i'm i'm hearing that this is like the following only more uh so yay also on team williamson and team vanderwerf uh Listeners to the podcast will not be surprised I'm on team vanderwerf if you want more context for that you can go ahead and google it cuz i'm sure it'll come up but um not looking forward to that one. Anyways, uh, next up we have, I wish I could change my tenor here, but next up is Grace Point on Fox. And why? That's my big note on Grace Point. Why? Yeah, again, just like 
what is the point of this existing. It, it's a remake of uh, Broadchurch, which was a perfectly fine British drama series that followed one or the aftermath of one um, case, a murder case, and that starred David Tennant. This stars David Tennant. No longer same... Scottish, though. Yeah, so I don't. It's it's so friggin' weird. It's like how uh, the the IT crowd had the, the same actor, Richard uh, Ayode. Is that how you pronounce his last name? Ayode. Yeah, and it's it's just unfortunate. I, I'm assuming that this one is going to be a little bit more successful than the American version of that show, but. Uh, yeah, uh, Olivia Coleman's role is replaced by Anna Gunn, so you could do much worse than that. Um, also in the cast uh, are Michael Pena, Nick Nolte, Jackie Weaver, Kevin Rankin. So, like, obviously an incredible amount of talent, but again, why? Yeah, I'm hearing some comparisons to the uh, Gus Van Sant remake of Psycho, uh, where it's like, yeah, you could, but, yeah, I mean... But why? So that's sort of where I am with Grace Point. I haven't seen any of it yet. I will certainly watch at least the first episode, maybe more. I think it's good that it's the limited seasons. I think it's only 10 episodes. Uh, that is, And I'm also hearing that they're going to change the ending, which I don't I mean. The, that Their ending seemed like the least predictable of a series of predictable options. So I don't. if they're going to change the ending, I don't know what they're going to do to make it creative. But... I know a lot of people really enjoyed Broadchurch. I know a lot of people really like these actors. So fingers crossed for Grace Points. Any other thoughts on that, or shall we move on to these uh, this week's comedies? Let's go to the comedies. Okay, and again, we're in October, the first week of October here. Uh, we've got Bad Judge and A, and a to Z, which are uh, time slot neighbors on NBC. Uh, which which you want to go to first here? I'm kind of looking forward to A to Z, so maybe that one. Okay, so A to Z stars uh, Ben Feldman, who people will know from uh, Mad Men. Uh, and yes, uh, to preempt your question that I know you w might want to ask based on having recorded this segment before, uh, the nipple does not get cut off in this pilot, so that's encouraging. Um, mm. And then <laughs> Chris Miliati, who people will know as the mother from How I Met Your Mother, um, he's a guy whose name starts with a Andrew, Adam, Andy, I don't remember. Uh, and she's Zelda. So that hence a to Z and it fall the pilot shows them meeting and, uh, the, the, the show is going to follow their relationship over the course of a set period of time. I don't remember what that is. It's a certain number of months. I want to say, um, or maybe years, but I think, I think it's months. The, the pilot is narrated by, and I think, believe the show will be narrated by a third person omniscient narrator, uh, who is Casey Segal in this case, and uh, it shows it's going to follow their relationship from A to Z, uh, what they're saying, and um, we'll see. I think the, the, this a show like this really comes down to the strength of the leads and their chemistry, and Ben Feldman and Kristen Milioti are really good together. They have uh, excellent. I mean, just you could just I could just watch Kristen Milioti like read the phone book. She's so likable on screen and so interesting. Um, so, you know, Ben Feldman also is very good. So we'll see if the show can become something <laughs> more interesting than just, you know, the uh, the same old rom-com tropes. But you could do a lot worse than starting off with this cast. Yeah, once you become the head of a network, I'm going to pitch my, my show where all she does is read the phone book for 22 minutes every week. Have it have uh, Brian Fuller or Joss Whedon create that show 
and I will I will green light it because they will find okay. a way. They'll find <laughs> a way to make it work. And, and come on, uh, Kristen Milioti, wouldn't she be great on a uh, Brian Fuller kind of comedy show? Yeah, but also a Brian Fuller kind of comedy show is such a weird show. So it, That's true. it works out, I suppose. <laughs> okay, how about Bad Judge? Uh, Kate Walsh is the titular Bad Judge. Uh, what else can you tell me about this show? Well, she is a tough judge, but she also parties hardy on the weekends and lives recklessly. What? You can't do that. <laughs> No. Next you're going to tell me she's a mother. She's not a mother. Oh, okay. But she becomes a surrogate mother. What? When an eight-year-old comes into her life because she's put his parents behind bars. Oh, man. Do you think they're going to learn from each other? Nope. Do you think maybe I... <laughs> he'll temper, temper her wild ways? Nope. They're both going to go their separate ways, and it's going to have its own spinoff show called Bad Kid. Oh, God, you know, that, that would be, I would so love for a show to do that, but I feel like it'd have to be like an FX or Comedy Central kind of show, but that would kind of be fun. I think that's what they were kind of going for with Bad Teacher, but it didn't work. They learned from each other too much. Um, this Does this one also have Ryan Hansen? Yes. Or is that a different show? Because I'm, I'm yep. looking forward to you thinking of Bad Teacher. He was in that as well. Yeah, it, it's weird. Ryan Hansen and Miguel Sandoval also star in this. So, again, some talents, but uh, premise is stupid. Yeah, stupid. I like Kate Walsh, though. I'm a big fan of hers. Uh, so we'll see if they can. I haven't seen anything for this one. Who knows? Uh, but that wraps up that this week. Uh, nothing else particularly of note, at least for us, coming back. That I mean, I guess Brooklyn Nine-Nine comes back that week. This is the last week of September, first week of October. Anything else? Mom, I know you're a big fan of coming back yeah. that week. Absolutely. And Rain. Mom and Rain. <laughs> uh, Long may Mom Rain. <laughs> The next week here, we have the first full week in October. Um, Bob's Burgers is back. Um, let's see. Arrow is back. I know that's a big one for you. Freak Show, American Horror Story Freak Show, will be debuting. Uh, the new shows this week. Oh, also for some for the Supernatural fans out there, Supernatural, the originals. Um, uh, Homeland, for those who haven't jumped ship. But the new shows this week are uh, on October 5th, Mulaney on Fox. Um, on October 7th, The Flash on this on the CW, and on October 10th, the Friday, Christella on ABC. Let's start with Mulaney. What can you tell me about this this uh, comedy? Uh, it is from John Mulaney, who was an SNL writer, and this is just the the broadcast network version of stuff like Louis or Marin. Uh, it's a fictionalized version of the comedian. Uh, we'll have a bunch of good guest roles such as Elliot Gould, Martin Short, um, but it'll feature both stand-up comedy and more scripted stuff. It'll be performing to a, a studio audience sometimes. So that's kind of interesting if just for the fact that this is a broadcast network show and what is that going to look like? Yeah, I, the the ads I've seen for this one, I, I haven't seen the trailer, but I did. I have been forced to watch some ads and they look dire. But again, it's you can't always gauge a comedy by its ads. It can be hard to really capture the pacing or the tone in 30 seconds. Um, I'm, I'm not hearing good things about the pilot, but again, I haven't seen it. And I'm not familiar with this stand-up and his, his other material. So I really have nothing to offer. Are, are, you, are you familiar with John Mulaney? No, but I, I watched some of the SNL that he had done. And any thoughts? Um, I mean, those writers are generally pretty good, and I don't know if I know any 
circuits that he did in particular, but uh, I remember those years being solid. Okay, let's move on to one of the other most uh, highly anticipated premieres of this fall, and that's The Flash on October 7th on The CW. I, I saw the, this pilot at Comic-Con as well and was on the whole very impressed with it. It went over like gangbusters at Comic-Con. Um, I think people will be very excited about the show just to have in a in a landscape of gritty reboots to have a superhero who's actually pretty stoked about being a superhero and having powers. Uh, that's that's. I think going to go over quite well. The The lead, Grant Gustin, was very likable on Arrow, and uh, that really, I really, I liked his episodes the best of any episodes of Arrow that I've seen. Um, I think he really captures the the energy of the character very well. Uh, when they give him more dramatic or angsty beats to play, uh, I didn't buy him at all really like I I, I was rooting for him because I did really like him through the rest of the pilot but uh, I it was not those moments were not good as far as I'm concerned so hopefully he'll improve or they'll write better to his strengths um, but there is a lot to like here the big the actually the highlight of, of this pilot for me is Ted Kavanaugh who I loved as Ed of course um, in a very prominent role also very glad to have Jesse L. Martin from Law and Order and you know Broadway on the uh, on the show as sort of his boss or mentor or father figure. I'm really hoping... I mean, you got to get... I mean, if you have Jesse L. Martin on your cast, you find a reason to make him sing, right? Right? They can they can find a way to make him sing. You know, it's it should be a rule. If you have Broadway experience, then you must sing. That should be in your contract. But unfortunately, a lot of showrunners and networks do not enforce that. They should make, you know, karaoke night a, sta stable, a staple for any of those shows that have, you know, brought... I mean, you listen to the Rent original, you know, he'll just make you ball your eyes out if you listen to I'll Cover You. Anyways, uh, that's a sidetrack that is not of any importance. Do you have any thoughts on The Flash? This will be the best new show of this freshman season, the 2014-2015. I'm calling it right now. I'm so excited. Not since DC had its animated universe have I been more excited about seeing superheroes on TV. There's a bunch of shows on right now, and some of them are solid, uh, to be fair. But to have Arrow and The Flash on and to, to build a world around that, um, this is good times for, for fans of the DC universe who are less than pleased with the films being released. Certainly. Um, let's see. Let's move on to Wednesday, which is going to have Kingdom on DirecTV. All I know about this one is boxing, and it has the Jonas brother. It has some other uh, notable cast castmates as well, but I don't have their names in front of me at the moment, unfortunately. That's going to be on DirecTV. Uh, Freak Show, I don't know very much about this, other than I believe it's going to be Jessica Lange's last season on the show, or at least that's what she's said. Um, and several other of the regulars are going to be back on that season. Um, set in the... Do you know what decade that's set in? Do you remember off the top of your head? Uh, Unless no. it's like 50s or 60s. Yeah, I think that sounds right. Um, okay, let's move on to then our last new show of that week, which is Cristela on on, on on ABC on Friday. That's October 10th. Um, this is, again, based on the stand-up of a comedian who I am completely unfamiliar with. What can you tell me about Cristela? Yeah, I'm not familiar with her stand-up either. Um but she's Mexican American stand up. This will be uh, she'll be the central character, just coming out of law school, working as an unpaid intern, and balancing the job and the family. Uh, Gabriel Iglesias is also in a recurring role, which is good because he's quite funny and I'm familiar with his stuff. 
Uh, but that's the extent of what I know. Yeah, I'm not very familiar. We'll see. It's weird to have... This seems like an odd pairing to go with Last Man Standing, but yeah. who knows? Who knows? We'll see. We'll check in with that and see what we think. Uh, the week after that, we have The Walking Dead coming back on October 12th. The Affair, which is, I want to say, like a TV movie or miniseries on Showtime. Um, I know very little about that other than, again, it has a huge cast, very lots of big names there. Um, but we have uh, on Monday, October 13th, Jane the Virgin on The CW. And when we last recorded this, uh, you underplayed the craziness of this story. So rather than just saying it follows a woman named Jane who is a virgin, you have to say the full... What's the whole nine yards of this plot? <laughs> a hardworking religious woman who is a virgin and is engaged who is accidentally artificially inseminated during a checkup. And her baby daddy is married and is a former playboy slash cancer survivor and is the new owner of the hotel where she works and is her teenage crush. That is crazy. Yeah, that is delightfully crazy. It's ridiculous. I mean, I knew it was a remake of a telenovela, but I mean, come on. She's act how do you get accidentally artificially inseminated? I no, mean, that that's got to be like the biggest lawsuit ever, right? <laughs> yeah, that would certainly be the biggest one in the history of litigation, I would assume. Oh my god. Anyway, so that's that's on the CW. I'm hearing positive things about it, but um where people are not sure if they'd be able to capture the tone, so like if they get the tone right, it could be really good or maybe not so much. Haven't seen it though. Uh Marry Me is is premiering the next day. That we we, we like a lot of people associate with that even though again the, the ads and the trailer not very promising. What can you tell us about Marry Me? Uh like you said talent involved is great. David Cast, who created uh, Happy Endings, is bringing back Casey Wilson, and then Ken Marino will join her. Uh, it'll also have Tim Meadows in a recurring role. It's about a longtime couple who head to the altar, and then they bungle the proposal and hold off until they can do it right. Um, Casey Wilson's two adoptive dads, both named Kevin, are Meadows and Dan Kentinsky from Scandal. Yeah, I don't know the that last name. <laughs> yeah the people will recognize some of the other supporting cast. It's nice to see Tim Meadows popping up somewhere. I do think he's been underutilized as a comedic presence. Uh, he was great on SNL for all, all those years. I know people like uh, James Bukatinsky from Scandal, and were saddened by certain events with that character in the past year, so I'm sure they'll be happy to see him popping up on this show. I don't know how prominent those two will be, um, but figured if they were worth a mention. Um, yeah, this is this all comes down to lots of love from Happy Endings, and uh, for those two leads, that's what's going to carry me through however many episodes of this I watch. Yeah, and again, I was hopeful about this, but the trailer is god-awful, so we'll see, but really rooting for this one. Certainly. Um, next, uh, The next new show we have premiering is on Friday, October 24th. Grimm's coming back, and with it is Constantine on NBC, which is another... I saw the second half of this pilot twice, which is how Comic-Con works sometimes. Um, I don't want to give a full reaction because, uh, of course, I've only seen half of the pilot, so I'm going to hold off on that until I've seen the whole thing. All I, all I will say about this one is that I walked in at the 20-minute mark twice and didn't feel like I had missed anything either time so uh yeah i'm hoping there's something in that first 20 minutes that 
is necessary and not just a bunch of ex- exposition. We'll see. Do you have any any thoughts? Or I guess we should say what Constantine is for those who don't know. Yeah, well, if you're not familiar with uh, the comic series or the film that came out with Keanu Reeves, uh, John Constantine basically fights demons and stuff. So he's a very much um, a not an anti-hero, but, but certainly a bad boy in the vein of um, the Punisher. So it it is a lot of fun if it's done right because the tone needs to be done well because there's also quite bit of comedy dark comedy in it that can uh, be bungled um, pretty easily but it, it's definitely one that I'm looking forward to again like Gotham cautiously optimistic I want this to succeed I like the character I like the story um, and in all honesty there are aspects of the film that I enjoyed as well this this one stars uh, Matt Ryan as Constantine and Harold Perrineau is in a, a, a significant role. Um, Jeremy Davies shows up in the pilot, but he's not really on like the Wikipedia page, so I don't know if that's just going to be a recurring character, or if they decided to cut him after the pilot. But uh, I thought he was fun in, in the bits that I saw of the pilot, at least. Um, any other thoughts on Constantine, or shall we move on to our final few new shows here? Let's move on to the last batch. So on Thursday, uh, October 30th, we have uh, basically with the with the end of the football on CBS, we'll have the return of the Millers, Two and a Half Men, Big Bang Theory moving to Thursdays. Um, And then with these three is the McCarthy's, which is a a new show for them on CBS. What can you tell me about the McCarthy's? The McCarthy's, which sounds awesome, is about a close knit working class Boston family with a family tradition of sports. And then the outspoken father is also the high school basketball coach and takes his athletically challenged, openly gay son under his wing as his new assistant, much to the chagrin of the more sports-passionate other siblings. That just sounds like it's going to be awesome. This is going to be And very respectful. Yeah. Yeah. They're not going to mess any of that up. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Uh, Who's in the cast there? Uh, we've got Joey McIntyre, uh, Jack McKee from Rescue Me, and Laurie Metcalf. I always enjoy Laurie Metcalf. Of course, people know her probably most uh, significantly from Roseanne, but um, she's always good. But, oh, God, that premise, that is, especially on CBS, I don't trust them with that premise. Uh, fingers crossed I'm wrong, though. Uh, Elementary also comes back that night. Jumping forward a couple weeks in November on the 17th, we have State of Affairs coming to uh, NBC, replacing the blacklist on Mondays after The Voice. This one this one is the, the new, I guess, political kind of thriller-ish show starring uh, uh, Catherine Heigl and Alfred uh, Woodard. Uh, Alfred Woodard is the first African-American female president, and uh, Catherine Heigl gets plucked uh, and raised up to be her, the person who does her daily briefing. Um, Catherine Heigl is a CIA analyst, and she also just happens to be the the fiance, or she was the fiance of Alfred Woodard's son, who is deceased, and she's trying to figure out what happened. To you know, so we have that connection there. Uh, nothing about this looks promising or interesting as much as I love Alfred Woodard, and as good as Catherine Heigl can be in the right role. Uh, any anything to add about State of Affairs? Nope. It's not going to do well. Yeah, I, I 
I mean, I wouldn't have thought the blacklist would have done as well as it did, though James Spader is very uh, fun to watch. Uh, but we, I, I don't have high hopes for State of Affairs. Um, on November 24th on Sci-Fi, we have the premiere of Ascension, which is their new show. All I know, really know about this is that it has some cast members I very much enjoy, particularly Trisha Helfer. And people seem to, there seems to be a lot of buzz about this one. People are very hopeful about this one. But we've been kind of hopeful about the new Sci-Fi, the next new Sci-Fi show, as they keep trying to embrace actual Sci-Fi programming. Um we keep being optimistic about a show and the, or a pilot that has problems and then never really lives up to its potential. Then we see the next one on the horizon and be like, oh, that looks like it could be good. So I'm hoping that Ascension breaks this trend, but uh, I, I don't remember much about it other than I believe there a bunch of people trapped on a ship or stuck on a ship for some reason. Um, I, don't, I don't know. We'll, we'll get... We'll talk more about that when we get closer to it. November is still quite a ways away. At the end of November as well, um, we have One Child on Sundance, which is notable to me just because it's on Sundance. I know nothing else about it. And again, when we get closer to November, we'll talk about that a bit more. Also coming out this season, but not quite sure when, are the fall season two on Netflix, Getting On season two on HBO, Heart of Dixie, Always Sunny, Lost Girl, Mike and Molly, Newsroom season three, notably still does not have a premiere date on HBO, Parks and Rec, same deal, NBC, Rick and Morty, uh, Adult Swim, same deal, and Strike Back season five, still not quite sure when that's going to begin on Cinemax. In the past, these have, for the most part, been fall shows, so... We'll see when they're going to actually come out. Hopefully we'll find out soon for some of these. I know like Lost Girl Season 5, I believe, is the last season of that show. Um, and Parks and Rec, I believe, is it's the last season of that show as well. So Newsroom fingers well. crossed. Yeah. Hopefully we'll get some premiere dates for those. Um, so any other, I kind of skipped over this part, any other non-new show premieres you want to feel like we should mention when they're coming back? Or is that the main gist? Um, Seems like everything's really coming back, though, that like middle of September time. Yeah, yeah. I think we covered most of it. I don't really know what The Walking Dead is, though. What's that? What is The Walking Dead? Yeah. What is it? It's a little show. Nobody watches it. Uh, there's zombies on it. Oh, okay. Uh, there, you know, the, so Z Nation season, is going to crush it. Oh, totally. Absolutely going to crush it. Well, now let's quickly look at our, uh, like, kind of go day by day and see what we think is the most interesting on each day. So on Sunday... Uh, oh, it occurs to me, we didn't mention some of the mid-season shows. Gallivant is a mid-season show on Sundays. That's the musical that uh, that they're doing on ABC. Uh, do you remember what's the gist of that? Um, yeah, Gallivant is the main character as well, and he's this hero who's going to reclaim his reputation uh, by going after the evil king, uh, who also stole his woman. Okay, his love. Let's be a little more... Hopefully, fingers crossed, it's, you know, she loves him back. Uh, but that has Timothy Elephant. Uh, that has Timothy Omenson, people will know from Deadwood and Psych. Alan Menken's doing the music. Also, on Sunday, mid-season, we're going to have American Crime, which has Felicity Huffman, Timothy Hutton, W.R. Brown from Deadwood, Benita Martinez from The Shield, Penelope Ann Miller. Um, it's from John Ridley, who, of course, did 12 Years a Slave. And uh, this series will center on race, class, and gender politics, as it follows a racially charged murder and the subsequent subsequent trial sounds familiar this season also coming at mid-season we have csi cyber um on cbs uh this is patricia arquette james vanderbeek peter mcnichol bow wow and it revolves around um a special agent avery ryan who's patricia arquette who's in charge of the cyber crime division at quantico okay looking at all these different sunday shows what wins what are you most interested in watching on sunday uh well certainly um Burgers and brooklyn 99 
for Fox. It's weird that they're breaking up animation domination, but whatever. Um, and so other than that, none of the new shows really piqued my interest, so it'll probably just be those and The Good Wife that I'll be watching with any regularity. Definitely those for me. Um, I'll, I'm curious about Madam Secretary, and I'm also I'm, I'm morbidly curious about Gallivant. I hope they are able to capture that really light, fun, airy tone. If so, I think that could be so much fun. Like to watch Omensen literally twirl a mustache could be really fun, um, or it could really <laughs> completely flop. Uh, so we'll see what happens with that. On Monday, uh, we've uh, let's see, we've already talked about each of these shows. What stands out for you on Monday? This will be probably the best two-hour block for me during the week. Uh, Gotham and Sleepy Hollow at, at eight and nine on Fox, but also very, very appreciative that Mom is getting a Big Bang Theory lead-in for its first few weeks. So I'm hoping that that will uh, introduce more viewers to it. So I'll, I might even watch the Big Bang Theory just as a thank you for that. What? That's crazy. <laughs> uh, I'm with you on Fox here. Uh, I've I've got my fingers crossed for Jane the Virgin because it just sounds crazy and that could be fun. And I do hope to check in with mom off of the strength of your recommendation. So that's Monday for me. I really don't care about most of the other shows. Um, though I do like catching up on Castle reruns every now and again. Uh, let's see. Tuesday... Uh, the only one here we haven't mentioned yet is, of course, Agent Carter coming at midseason, uh, much like – so what's going to be Once Upon a Time, and then when it goes on hiatus, Gallivant is coming in, and then when that finishes the shortened run, uh, Once Upon a Time is coming back. The same thing is happening on Tuesdays with S.H.I.E.L.D. and then Agent Carter. Uh, what can you tell us about Agent Carter? Uh, well, people will have seen Haley Atwell in that role in Captain America. Uh, Dominic Cooper will be back as Stark and also – and Vergyukaj coming in yeah. as Dollhouse from Dollhouse. I wasn't going to be able to pronounce that at all. Uh, <laughs> Fair and then enough. Chad Michael Murray uh, from Southland. So this is going to be set during the 40s. Uh, just be a spinoff focused around Agent Carter and should be full of good Nazi shenanigans, I'm assuming. But, you know, they just make for such good uh, villains. Everybody can agree that we don't like the Nazis. Uh, what, <laughs> what stands out for you on Tuesdays? There's a lot of new I shows on Tuesday. Yeah, I'm, I'm very interested to see what Agent Carter looks like because this is quite early for S.H.I.E.L.D. to begin the spinoff. Um, and it's also unusual that this is two years in a row now where ABC is pretty much doing all new programming on the night. Um, I guess, let's see, I, I'm still going to watch more about a boy. I, I was adamant about dropping the mini projects, but it's just that New Girl and Mindy Project as a pair work well together, so... I'm definitely going to watch New Girl, so that will probably bleed over into the mini-project. Uh, certainly going to try and stick with Person of Interest at 10 on CBS, but the big one here, of course, is The Flash, which is going to be awesome. Yeah, Tuesday is going to be a full day for me, at least until some of these shows separate themselves out, because uh, I plan to give quite a significant shot to Selfie and Marry Me as well. Um, I'm also very excited about Agent Carter. I have my fingers crossed. I, we, I've been needing some more significant girl power in the uh, Marvel Universe for a while now, so I'm hoping that that is successful. Uh, person of interest like you, like you I've, I've caught up with the that show over the course of this past month or so, um, so uh, very much looking forward to watching that and keeping up with it. And then again, like you, the big thing for me here, uh, and, and I'll, I'll still keep watching Supernatural. I've watched nine seasons. I'm going to watch this season. Uh, but uh, we'll see if I hold firm with my breaking up with uh, New Girl and Mindy. We'll see what happens there. But certainly the big one for me, like for you, is The Flash. Uh, very much looking forward to that one. When, Tuesday's just a crazy day for me. Uh, Tuesday's like the new Sunday for right now. Tuesday's in the fall is the Sunday in the spring. 
Tuesdays, the new Sunday is the new Wednesday. Maybe is the new Friday. Yes. Okay. Well, <laughs> tell us. The, speaking of Wednesday, what what looks good on Wednesday? Uh, absolutely, Arrow, uh, which is one of my favorite shows on right now. It's the one that actually legitimately gets me excited. I cannot miss that live for some reason. So I'm gonna have a Arrow party every Wednesday. I think it's weird because the other shows that I would watch. I could sit down, if Arrow didn't exist, I could sit down at 8 o'clock on ABC and just watch ABC that night, but not because I'm really invested in any of those shows. They're all just, like, good enough to watch, and Blackish is interesting enough to want to tune into. So um, I definitely won't be watching The Middle and Goldberg's Live because of Arrow, but I might catch Modern Family, and we'll see what happens with Nashville. Yeah, for me, uh, I think I'll probably end up giving Arrow another shot. I, d I don't know why I keep trusting the internet over myself. Because I've given Arrow more shots than I can think of any other show in that I've ever given. Right? I watch it and I go, no, I just don't think it's that good. And then everybody else says, no, it's great. And so then I watch it some more and say, no, I just don't really think it's that good. It's not for me. <laughs> and then the internet says, no, you're wrong. And then I go, okay. Like, literally, that's happened four times, at least, already. Um, so we'll see if I give it another shot here in the fall. Otherwise, I mean, and again, like you, I'm curious about Blackish, but otherwise, this really is a catch-up on all the stuff I didn't watch on Tuesday kind of day for me. Uh, at least that's that's Wednesday. On Thursday here, we've got, there'll be football through the first half of the of the season, or the fall season, at least. We haven't mentioned, uh, there are two shows coming at mid-season, Secrets and Lies and Allegiance. Uh, quickly, Secrets and Lies is based on an Australian series. It stars Ryan Phillippe, uh, Juliette Lewis, Katie Strickland, Natalie Martinez, and Dan Fogler, who we both really liked on uh, Hannibal, of course. And it's about a family man, Ben Garner, who finds the body of a young boy and quickly becomes the prime suspect in his death. He And so, of course, he has to go, uh, go in search of the real killer so that he can clear his name. That sounds terrible. <laughs> Who knows? I have I've seen nothing for it. Um, but anyways, that's coming at midseason to uh, to replace How to Get Away with Murder on ABC. Also coming at midseason on uh, NBC because of course Parenthood has a shorter run this year is Allegiance, which is uh, which stars Hope Davis and is about a CIA analyst that is pitted against a, a pair of Russian spies who are his parents. So basically, a CIA analyst finds out that his parents are, have been sleeper Russian spies his whole life. And I'm guessing he's going to have to bring them down. We'll see what... And he's going he's gonna to have to find out where his true allegiance lies. Neither of these sound particularly interesting to me. Do either of these sound interesting to you? No. And we don't need any more Russian spies now that the Americans exist. Yeah. Just, I'll just go by, back and watch this amazing season two of the Americans again. What stands out to you? What are you going to watch on Thursday? Uh, it's a big night for shows that I really do like but that have massive problems here and there so those include the vampire diaries scandal uh parenthood and elementary especially because it's the last season of parenthood that'll be fun ish and also lots of tears um morbidly curious about grace points i want a to z to do well so i'll be checking in with those but the big one is rain because rain's awesome rain 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 everybody watch rain long may it rain <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to uh, be, of course, reviewing Parenthood sort of sporadically over the course of the season. As Basically, as episodes require, I will review them. So if there's something to talk about, I'll review it. If there's not, then we'll skip a week. Um, then, let's see, Elementary, I'm looking forward to, uh, to, to watching more of that. I have my fingers crossed for A to Z, and I will also check out some Grace Point. I, I, you know, I've tried Scandal and just... 
because I hate that Olivia and Fitz relationship so vehemently, I can't really enjoy the show at a certain point because the show is so invested in that relationship and Olivia is so invested in that relationship. I did not like what was happening with her character in this past season. She became far too passive for me. Um, so I tuned out, I stopped watching, but I know a lot of people really did love uh, Joseph, uh, Joe Morton on this season and some of the other uh, people as well. I mean, how do you waste, how do you waste the fantastic, Candy Alexander, the way that they did, at least in the episodes I saw on Scandal. But anyways, uh, so th those are my thoughts on what I'll probably watch on on Thursday this this coming year. Oh, man, Grace Point. Anyways, okay, <laughs> staying focused. Friday, our last day of the week. Uh, what what are you what are you looking forward to? I'm I'm trying to be strict about not watching um, shows that are not scripted, but I imagine that I'll still be checking in on whose line is it anyway because it's always fun. Um, but other than that, it's, it's very much an NBC horror night with uh, Grimm and Constantine and then Grimm and Hannibal. Yeah, and for me, I, I very much enjoy The Amazing Race. So having having a show to watch while I'm sitting around waiting for, for Grimm and Constantine to start or really Grimm and Hannibal to start could be fun. Uh, we'll see what happens with that. The Amazing Race has been underwhelming the past couple of seasons. I'm actually not sure if we're going to do the pool again this year just based on Again, it's been underwhelming, but uh, fingers crossed that they have a good cast and some good challenges this year. Grimm, I will uh, not be reviewing this season. Again, maybe the premiere and mid-season finales and that stuff like that, but just week to week, there's not enough for, for it to be uh, a worthwhile expenditure of my time, unfortunately. I'll watch it, but coming up with a thousand words every week just at a certain point doesn't work for some of these shows. So uh, we're taking a new approach this year at Sound On Sight. And unless somebody's passionate about uh, a show, a 22-episode-a-season show, rain, we won't be doing rain, it every rain, week. Right. <laughs> Two guesses what uh, show Sean will be covering at Sound On Sight this year. Anyways, though, that is our fall TV preview. Just a few shows there. Uh, hopefully that is helpful to all you guys. A few show notes. Uh, you can find a post-up for this episode at soundonsite.org where you can leave us a comment and let us know what you thought of the week's TV. You can also like us on Facebook to follow the goings-on at Sound On Sight TV. You can email us at gmail.com. And, of course, in uh, iTunes we have an M4A chaptered feed and an MP3 unchaptered feed. Uh, also, we're both on Twitter. I am at the Televerse, and you are? At Sean Coletti. And, Sean, what is our question of the week? Uh, question of the week, two-parter, what two shows uh the first one being a new show and the second one being a returning show are you most excited about this fall you got to pick two only or two yours. yeah and at least two. two okay returning show that i'm most excited about uh well i don't think i'm allowed to pick hannibal because that's going to happen in like february or march next year right i'm guessing mm -hmm. uh network show or any show um we'll go any show so if if you're Boardwalk Empire, Sons of Anarchy fan, you can go with that. Well, what I'm going to go with is I'm I'm so looking forward to the inevitable uh, World Cup goalie sketch that must happen. I'm really looking forward to Keen Peel being back soon. Okay. So I'll I'll pick that uh, there. And for new shows, um, I just I'm so. I'm probably going to get burned by it, but again, because I've seen some of these other ones, I'll, I'm I would go with Agent Carter, but just on the what if it actually worked? Wouldn't that be yeah. great? I'll yeah, go. I'll go. Fair. No, I'm gonna go with Gallivant. Oh, okay. Because what if it actually worked? That'd it's be fun. Work. It's probably not gonna work. Uh, but so that's what I'm gonna go with. How about you? Uh, yeah, definitely Arrow. I cannot say Arrow as much as I want to keep saying Rain over and over. Um, so that's my returning show, and it'll be The Flash. So 
surprise, surprise. <laughs> well, uh, that wraps up this, uh, this TV preview and this week in TV. Uh, thank you all for listening, and we'll be back next week with another episode of The Televerse. Mm-hmm.